Hello, I'm Renee San Miguel, and this is Science Matters, the podcast of the Georgia Tech College of Sciences. Welcome to a summer REU, or Research Experiences for Undergraduates, sponsored by the National Science Foundation. The voices you hear are from the poster session of students attending the 2018 summer REU in the School of Mathematics. What's a poster session? In this case, it's where undergraduates practice their presentation skills by talking about their summer research projects. They show their work on paper posters, and they tell you about it. Here are brief snippets of what those conversations sounded like at this poster session. Up to length six. We've been looking at the patterns between uh, the colors that show if there could be some like pa- certain power or some certain pattern that we always see that shows. So it's a special kind of invariant. There's a complicated mapping that with some stabilization between two Legendrian knots that are Legendrian isotopic. And so you can see here uh, we look at. So this is a standard uh, Legendrian trefoil. So for our project, we are in the world of complex dynamics and we're using topology to study it further. So we start with the rabbit polynomial and we are composing it with a Dane twist. Legendrian knots and trefoils, den twists, rabbit polynomials? This kind of language can trigger a fear of math among current and former students. Never mind that their names may reflect the mathematicians who discovered these properties, or that in the case of the rabbit polynomial, loopy shapes in the solutions of these equations that kind of look like rabbit ears. They just sound complicated. They're from the world of topology, a form of geometry that studies the properties of shapes that can change and be deformed but never broken or torn. Imagine geometric shapes made of rubber twisting and bending in continuous lines to form new shapes. Topology has applications in robotics, weather prediction, engineering, economics, data analysis, and more. Topology is tricky. It's also playful. Furthermore, topology is just simply beautiful, says Dan Margulit, a professor in the School of Mathematics who also writes and edits math textbooks. And just makes you... Uh, really just just gives you a great appreciation and wonder for the beauty of math. We'll talk more about topology, which Margulit researches at Georgia Tech, in a moment. Let's talk first about that math anxiety, or math phobia, and how it impacts America's need to graduate more science, technology, engineering, and math students. You sit down to take a math test, and you feel your heart beat faster, and your palms start to sweat. You're listening to Pen Pen Chen narrate an educational video about the work of Orly Rubinstein. Rubinstein researches the neurocognitive aspects of mathematics at the University of Haifa in Israel. The video is produced by the TED-Ed Group, the branch of the famous TED conferences that focuses on education. Rubinstein's work is the basis of this video. This phenomenon is called math anxiety. And if it happens to you, you're not alone. Researchers think about 20% of the population suffers from it. Some psychologists. Rubinstein's research shows worrying about mathematics can impact classroom performance. Rubinstein advises students to use relaxation techniques, get some exercise, and write down their worries to deal with the physical effects of math anxiety. She also encourages teachers to give students the time they need to learn and to look for creative, playful ways to teach mathematics. 
That is music to Margulet's ears. You know, math has this um, misconception about it that it's just this road activity, and it's something that you know you should do if you're a human calculator or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to get across is is that you know math is creative and it's it's a really creative endeavor. Somebody had to invent zero. Somebody had to invent non-Euclidean geometry. Somebody had to invent calculus. And it's it's not by following the rules of math and um, following all the steps that you usually do in a math problem, but it's by being creative and thinking outside the box. That kind of thinking ignited a spark within Margulet when he was a sophomore at Brown University, thanks to a math professor named Thomas Banchoff. He showed movies of a four-dimensional cube rotating, and uh, you know I just thought that was mind-blowing. And then I took his class on the fourth dimension. Just the idea that of something like uh, that a four-dimensional creature could touch my insides without going through my skin, things like that just uh, to- totally blew my mind, and I thought that was amazing. How do you deal with math phobia among those you're trying to teach? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big question. A lot of people have negative experiences when they're kids, and, and they carry that with them in, oh, yeah. into my classes. And uh, so, you know, instead of, when, when, I, when I think of teaching students that, you know, if you think of the analogy of pouring water into a jug, I, I, it's, I don't try to think what's the most efficient way to pump water into the jug. The question I ask is, how do you open the jug? How do you get the mind ready to receive mathematics? And it could be by getting to know the students, knowing their names or a little bit about them, but it could also be by doing an, inter- an interactive activity and getting them, you know, ready to, to, to think and do things on their own. Margulet has ideas on how to open up mathematics to a wider audience of students. Well, if you go to a, a science night or, or an assembly at school, in mm-hmm. an elementary school, you're going to see a lot of physics, chemistry, and biology. You're going to see uh, a lot of baking soda volcanoes. And, and those are the things that get students excited about physics and, and those other sciences. It's not the textbook. It's, it's those experiments. And so that's something... You know, math, I think we're behind on that. We, we need to have more of those uh, outreach programs, and um, we need to have our own baking soda volcanoes. And I've done a lot of um, outreach with, you know, where I've done sessions on the mathematics of soap bubbles or fractals. Mm-hmm. Once I did a session on magic squares, and you know, that's, oh. that's not straight out of the textbook, and it's just something fun and playful. You know, I had a girl when I did this last year, and she said, you know, I never knew I was good at math until today. And just, oh. you know, we all hear about, you know, Stories like that, those are the moments that, that, that change kids' lives, and, and they don't happen from reading the textbook. They happen from doing these, these more fun, playful experiments. Listen to how Janet Huffman echoes Margulet's words. She's a senior at Indiana Wesleyan University, taking part in the Summer Math REU at Georgia Tech. When I was in eighth grade, uh, my teacher had like this competition thing. I didn't know it was a competition, so it's like an online game, and so I did it because I was competitive and like I didn't know it was legit. And so I ended up getting like in the top of my state, and I got kind of honored for it. And so I guess that's kind of like what put my mind towards going towards math. I don't like reading from textbooks and I don't necessarily like doing homework and so it's getting outside of what we normally think of as math that got me interested in The math that Janet Huffman is interested in now is the same kind that fires Margulit's research, topology. 
As we mentioned, it's the study of relationships between surfaces, shapes, and objects that can be continuously bent, twisted, and deformed, but never broken or torn. Topology and its various forms, such as knot theory or braid theory, has applications in computer science, physics, biology, robotics, economics. Here's an amazing topology fact that I love. So, so the, the lifesaver is a donut, right? You think of yeah. it as a donut. And here's a question. What is, the out, what is the shape of the outside of the donut? Solid donut, so a solid ring. What okay. is the shape of the outside of that? That's a topology question. What is the shape of that? And the amazing answer is, is that it's the exact same shape as the donut itself. Okay? Minus one point, but let's ignore that. Okay. It's the outside of a donut is the same shape in terms of topology as the inside of a donut. Now again, you're allowed to stretch things, just like I said, uh, the surface of a basketball, we consider the same as the surface of a football. You have to do some stretching here, because obviously the outside of a donut is way bigger mm -hmm. than the inside of a donut, but if you allow yourself to think of it as being made out of rubber, uh, those two shapes are actually the same. In topology world, a circle can morph into an oval or ellipse, and a coffee cup can become a donut. In fact, that's an old math joke. So what's a topologist? Someone who can't tell the difference between a coffee cup and a donut. <laughs> Google coffee cup to donut. You'll see what we mean. And maybe you'll understand the playful aspects of topology that Margolet loves. There are subsets of topology, as we mentioned, such as braid theory. And that works exactly like it does in a hairstylist's salon, Margolet says. Hair or strings or lines representing data pass over each other to form a braid shows up a lot in math and science applications. One example of a braid is where you have, uh, say, vehicles, autonomous vehicles maybe, moving around in, uh -huh. a, in a city or on a factory floor. And, and here's how that makes a braid. If you have the robots moving around on a floor, and imagine the floor is moving up in time, kind of like an elevator, then uh, what the robots are going to do is trace out these paths in time, and those are exactly what we think of as a braid. They're, they're, okay. Their paths in space would then be... Uh, would then form a braid. They'd be tangling together. Yeah. And it's understanding that tangling that, that, that really is what braid theory is all about. There's many applications of braids. Another one that I just ran across is in studying the stock market. There's a way to assign a braid to, to stocks as, as, they, as they change positions. One becomes more valuable than another. You can mm -hmm. think of that as a strand of uh, a string crossing over another strand of string, and they can use this to detect uh, an impending crisis in the stock market. Yeah. Now, braids are used in quantum computers, in cryptography. Um, even even in, in, in screening drugs for cancer treatment, uh, what, what they've done recently at the University of Chicago is uh, they take a strand of DNA and knot it up, okay, <laughs> and knot theory is very related to braid theory, mm -hmm. and, and look for, for, for drugs that are smart enough at, at untangling the DNA, and that's a way of, of, of actually searching for cancer drugs. In 2017, Margolet co-edited a book for undergraduate math majors on geometric group theory, the study of the symmetries of objects. He also recently co-wrote an online textbook for one of his Georgia Tech classes called Interactive Linear Algebra. The key word here, interactive. Usually when I teach linear algebra, I'm showing pictures on the board, two-dimensional pictures, and I'm pointing at it and describing what it's supposed to be representing in their minds. But when you have an interactive demo, uh, on the screen that you can rotate and zoom in and, and, and play with. Uh, you know, I, I did it for the students the first time. I saw their eyes just light up. All of a sudden, you could just instantly see that they could understand it better. And um, so if the picture is worth a thousand 
words, then an interactive demo is worth a million words. It's... Since 2012, Margulis has helped to organize the Topology Students Workshop, a biennial summer conference at Georgia Tech for graduate students. Margulit and other mentors work with students to refine presentations and work on professional skills such as communications, job searches. The emphasis is on women and students from underrepresented communities. When you don't have as many role models, uh, someone who looks like you doing math, yeah. those are the people who need the encouragement, someone to tell them, yes, I personally believe in you and you can do it. And not only that, here is specifically how you're going to uh, achieve your goals. You know, it's often the case that if you read something written by a mathematician, you can't understand the first line. It's something too technical. And it's, it's, it's often hard for us to take these very abstract things we're thinking about and explain them in a very understandable way. So it's, it's something we need to work a lot on. You can count on Margulit to keep working on better ways to sum up the beauty in mathematics for his students. My thanks to Dan Margulit, professor in the School of Mathematics and the author, co-author, or co-editor of the math textbooks, A Primer on Mapping Class Groups, Office Hours with a Geometric Group Theorist, and Interactive Linear Algebra. Our thanks also to Ted Ed for use of their video. Our theme music is written by Cyan Joe, a former research associate and recent PhD graduate from the School of Psychology. I'm Renee San Miguel, and this has been Science Matters, the podcast of the Georgia Tech College of Sciences.